of interesting how, you know, the, the interest in the Safety Act gets really amped up and then it wears away. And then it gets really amped up and it wears away. But it is set to go into effect on January 1st. And the Safety Act is facing a test in court. It will probably be many uh, court uh, tests and, and people bringing lawsuits about it. But uh, we thought we'd turn to somebody that understands it and can help us understand what is going to happen in this court process. That is Anne Lucine, a professor of law at the University of Illinois Chicago Law School. She lectures and consults on the Illinois Constitution. Uh, do you think this uh, this will prevent this act from going into effect on January 1st if it gets held up in court? No. Absolutely not. They have no really good valid claim that this violates the Illinois Constitution. You know, this thing is a work in progress. Every year we're going to amend it as we learn more and more about how it works in practice. I'm sorry there are lawsuits which will only cost money and delay everything. And the big crown piece of this, of course, is the no-cash bail. That is what a lot of people have an issue with, and that is going to allow judges, who judges will then be expected to decide whether defendants charged after the start of the year will be locked up while awaiting trial based on their alleged crime or whether they pose a threat or are likely to to flee. Um, Otherwise, they will be released. And that seems to be the issue at hand. Am, Am I right about that, Anne? Yes, it is, and uh, a lot of jurisdictions have been facing this, and they realize that there are other ways to decide whether people should be let loose out on the street while they are awaiting trial. We've been moving towards this uh, bill for about the last 50 years. And do you know much about who is bringing forth this lawsuit? My understanding is it's the Illinois Sheriff's Association, but I don't know for sure. Apparently, claims brought in roughly 60 lawsuits, and now they've combined them, and it is prosecutors and sheriffs around the state, and it will be heard in Kankakee County Circuit Court, and they're going to try and get this done. I guess they start oral arguments on December 20th, so it is not likely that this will uh, do anything to stop what is going to go into effect on January 1st. Are there issues that you have with the Safety Act? Not much. Uh, where we have a, it, They changed uh, the act about a week ago in the legislature. A bipartisan, bicameral group of people said, you're right, we should put more factors out there for the judges to consider. The prosecutors and the law enforcement people had their say, and uh, I think it was a very good list that they came up with. It'll be a better list once we learn what works and what doesn't. It's always a, a, a kind of work in progress. Well, and with any work in progress, you know they will have opponents and they will continue to argue that in court. Thank you for sharing your point with us today on the Lisa Dent Show. My pleasure. And Lucent, a professor of law at University of Illinois Chicago Law School. She lectures and consults on the Illinois Constitution Safety Act going into effect on January 1st. And we'll come up with a list of all the things that will be going into effect on January 1st because many of them do not get uh, the recognition or create the amount of talk that the Safety Act has has done in the city of Chicago and throughout the state of Illinois. Hey, Kevin, did you see this soccer player has been sentenced to death in Iran? I just felt that when we beat Iran, I thought, you know, all those guys are going back to their country. 
Um, there's big issues. Will they all survive? This isn't somebody who played on the team in Cutter, is it? Well, I don't. I was just checking that. I don't believe he was on this year's club, um, and he hasn't gone to trial yet. Right. Um, it's the possibility of execution there. This all stemming from, you know, he's being accused of being a member of an armed group that was involved in the death of uh, three security officers. So this was all during the protests, though, mm-hmm. um, that erupted in Iran. It, it's, you know. He's trending. It, it is trending yeah. worldwide right now. Um, they've got his highlight reels. He's he's a superstar. He's a superstar footballer, as they call him. He's a soccer star in Iran. And uh, he is accused of attending the protests. And, you know, they have... They've done some really ugly thing to protesters over there. In fact, uh, many of the protesters, they, they elected to shoot them in the groin. That's, that's how they elected to break up protests. And it's all about women's rights and basic freedom in Iran. And, and it looks like all the soccer administrations and all the soccer leagues are standing up and they say they're sickened by the reports that Amir Nazar Azdani is facing execution in Iran because he campaigned for women's rights and basic freedom in his country. Yeah, it's incredibly sad to see what's happening there. It, it really is. <laughs> you know, we're just just looking for basic human rights. That's it. That's it. And it all stems from the death of a 22-year-old who had been arrested by Iran's morality police for not wearing her headscarf properly. And that just led to all kinds of demonstrations, which gave hope to people watching what is happening in Iran. So far, 450 people have been killed. More than 18,000 have been arrested in conjunction with the protests. 18,000. I think we we take for granted that we have the right to protest and we have the right to speak up in this country. And that's something that I hope um, people take advantage of. Your voice should be heard. You have a right to have your voice heard. And We'll be watching this story because it is it is sad. And can you imagine if you're in that country? This guy's your big superstar. That would be equivalent to, you know, taking one of our big, you know, football stars and saying, oh, nope, you, you have to die. You're going to be executed. And, you know, unfortunately, in a country like Iran, many of those are public. Yikes. Crazy. Oh, and somebody said, please correct Lisa Dent when she says, Cutter. It is pronounced Cutter. I hate to break that to you, but um, I was on the radio back in the day when we had people in that country. And uh, and I know a lot of people want to say Qatar. I think it's acceptable in this country to say Qatar or Cutter, but I think the correct pronunciation is Cutter. Yeah, didn't you have like an expert on that said technically both are correct, but they're not even close to the real way you would say it because of the way the dialect is different right. in the languages? Yeah. And in <laughs> this country, you can say either and i always feel weird saying cutter because you look at it you're like that does that's not cutter um and i heard john williams today and he went back to qatar so um i know that is odd but if um if you want to weigh in on that there's the voicemail number for you <laughs> 312-222-5050 brian is our audio engineer and i believe as a u.s marine you spent time in that country right so how do you pronounce it I pronounced it Qatar when I when I was there. Qatar, yeah. And have do you do that now? Because I swear you said last week you said Qatar. Well, I don't talk about it much, so yeah. I, I want to be right when I say it. So. Yeah. Well, I never worry about that. I'll just say it, and then somebody will correct me. <laughs> That's what the voicemail line is for. Hey, Lauren has your news next on seven twenty WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.